across the nation on RadioHarrow.org and on your smart speaker, recorded from a secret bunker in Ealing Broadway. This is a review. Right, this is David Stone. This is Ian Stone. And this is a review. That's right. This is the show where we review shows. It's simple as that. And as has been the tradition recently, we've been doing more than one-parters. I'm not going to say two-parters because I don't even know if this review is going to be over by the end of this part because we are reviewing Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. And we got 51 minutes into the film in an hour last time around Ian so how on earth are we going to squeeze the rest of I've still got nine pages of notes left on this are we going to squeeze this into the next part do you think I hope so if we go straight into our deep dive now we can get there quickly oh excellent idea because I do not think I can do a third show with that none of the how (laughs) how I use what the hell none of that we are just going to go straight into it Ian Take the floor. So having decided they're going to leave um, the planet of... I can't remember what the planet's called now. The clone, the clone uh, planet. Something. Um, I can't remember. Um, Jango Fett and his clone son, Bobber, try to escape. But um, obviously Obi-Wan needs to take them in for questioning, as he's been instructed to do so by Boring Master Yoda. And um, they have a little scuffle on like a landing pad, and eventually um, Obi Wan like puts a tracking device or something on them, and then he chases it. off. I like, I like he that was actually it. a very long scene, and unlike what we did in part one of this, you've just gone straight into it, Ian. Like it was, po- it's pointless going through these bits by bits because there's idiocy in every scene. You're right. Let's just, uh, let's just cut to the main idiocy, which is coming up pretty soon with king and queen idiot <laughs> but um yeah they have a little scuffle as you said bobber and jago fett etc etc anyway yeah so i think we i think we then cut back to the bloody idiots on on <laughs> naboo again um because anakin's having nightmares about um his mother who's being tortured and calling for his health in a dream the dream obviously being put there by an evil sith lord they never really seem to draw that conclusion when he has these nightmares i don't think um, they think that is the conclusion it's just made up as they go along they're just idiots before this and you've missed out a vital part before this comes <laughs> the fruit cutting foreplay scene with fruit cutting <laughs> with the art of fruit cutting seduction <laughs> This pervert, (laughs) this pervert, Ian. (laughs) It's an absolutely pointless scene that (laughs) I can't remember what the point of it was aside from elaborate show-off. They have a a brief conversation during the scene, as they have done in this long section of the film, which is still going. I think it lasted about half an hour of the last show. So if you missed the last show, folks... We established that Hayden Christensen's character is a pervert and a creep, and he is blatantly using very strange methods to seduce this woman, to groom her, if you like. And 
for some reason it's working but that's by the by okay so yes this pervert is playing with fruit using the force which is a bit weird and he then has a brief conversation with her where he thinks i can only surmise that he thinks it is sexy to remind her that they met when he was a child this is very strange and disturbing behavior but he still thinks this is appropriate yeah, so he begs, uh, well, he doesn't beg, he beckons um, Padme to accompany him to Tatooine to uh, find his mother. Basically, I guess to, I don't know, to, to find out the truth of this dream. I, I don't know. He's worried it, about his mother. He needs d- to see her. During this, by the way, his his actions are getting more and more creepy. He, he the way His body language and the things he's saying seems more and more like he is forcing himself upon her. We have... I think this is where we have, as we alluded to in the last show, the scene where (laughs) Natalie Portman is for some reason in bondage gear or whatever, rejecting him, essentially. And he is basically telling her all the reasons why they should be together. She said no several times by this point. We've had several scenes, actually, where she said no. But this creep keeps going and going and going and going until she'll finally give in the predator yes. <laughs> <laughs> i have nothing to add so so oh, here, um, here we go jedi. back to the back to the idiot jedi here we go <laughs> back to the idiot jedi. um i think we're back to um obi-wan uh follows the um, Django Fett to the planet of Geonosis and there's some that he chases them through an asteroid field and then they try to destroy him but Obi-Wan hides his ship on a uh, on an asteroid and they think uh, Django Fett and his son Boba Fett um, think they they've um, they've destroyed him um, and then <laughs> you know Obi-Wan lands on the planet and kind of like wanders aimlessly around. Okay, okay. We're, so, as you know from the uh, from before, I've I've really... There's so many stupid things for this film, but I've written so many notes and gone into tiny little <laughs> things. But please, just indulge me for a second. There are some tiny little things that I want to go into here. So, we established that the Jedi are idiots. This Chancellor, Ian McDermott, is quite clearly evil right it's he's uh. not he's not even really hiding it that well then yoda before this scene when he's on the phone to obi-wan or whatever they're having a chat yoda yoda goes to him along says something along the lines of you must think clearly about who the real villain is that's pretty mm-hmm. rich coming from yoda considering the amount of conversations he's had with this quite obviously evil chancellor right also, I did. So you've you've described the the scene where they're being Django Fett is being chased by Ewan McGregor through the asteroid field, and I did find it re- rather cheeky when Obi <laughs> when Ewan McGregor um, threw threw out all of his spare parts for them to explode, and then cheekily hid himself. On a little rock. I just thought that was very little. It was very cheeky. Just looking at that little spaceship there on the rock. It's like, tee look at him. He's on the cheeky, cheeky, cheeky little you. And he's on, <laughs> he's on the rock. And then, and then we move on. <sighs> look who's back. Back again. 
C3PO is back. <sighs> Tell your friends. So, yes. So we again cut across to Anakin and Padme on their little love adventure. They travel to Tatooine. <laughs> we see the... Re- oh, by the way, going the against see- orders as well, again. Yeah, again, oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. a brat he is. Completely dismissing said- what uh, Ewan said and just going yeah. no matter what. Yeah. yeah. He, he tracks down um, the uh, sleazeball slash junk seller, whatever he's doing now, um, who then informs him that his mother was actually sold to um, to, to a to a guy called, uh, according to this website, Klieg Lars. Um, <laughs> so he travels to this moisture farm. By the way, this does imply that um, that Luke Skywalker's adopted grandfather was in fact a slave owner. Interesting. Interesting. Um, he he frees her and marries her though, so obviously they fell in love or something. I, I hope so. Anyway, um, and yes, as you say, we're reintroduced to C three PO. This makes me realise: Did Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, when they purchased C three PO in the original Star Wars film, surely they would have recognised owning this droid for ten years? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is where the prequels are starting to create needless plot holes in the future films and actually making the original films slightly worse when considered in context of the prequels. It's obvious what happens to me and they thought we've got to make all of the characters in the entire universe look more idiotic. So, because everyone in this film is an idiot. (laughs) So we might as well make out like everyone in the next three films, four films is an idiot. It's also a, a, a general point about which I don't really like about prequels in general, where when people write prequels, they feel they need to connect every character to every new every character to something that happens in the future. They have to like bring old characters back, and they have some increased connection to everything that was going on in the before as well. They can't just be their own thing, you know, like. R2-D2 has to be owned by Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Why? He doesn't. He doesn't some characters... in any of these films. Yeah, some characters... C-3PO. C-3PO and R2-D2 can just, like, be the be who they are in the original films. You don't exactly. need to bring them back. It's not everything. Pointless. Not everything has to be connected, but at the end of the day... I guess at some point, R2-D2 needs to be owned by Obi-Wan Kenobi, and they even don't even do that properly, so... <laughs> no, exactly. I don't know. At the end of the day, and prequels, sequels, what have you, are there to be money spinners, which is probably what happened. They probably thought, I'm making so much money off these prequels. It doesn't matter if the plot makes any sense. It doesn't matter if I'm going to make David incredibly bored in one film and incredibly angry <laughs> in the next one. And guess what, people? It's getting to that time again. In the next few pages on my notes, we are getting to another all capitals written angry romp from me stay tuned after this oh this is a review 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 this is a review 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 and you are back to this is a review with me david stone and ian stone too we are reviewing attack of the clones and This is part two of our epic review. (laughs) Please check out, (laughs) please check out part one as well. If you're totally confused and bemused 
buy this as well. So yes, as we were saying, we've got to the point where Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen have got to his extended family and they reveal they reveal to the two, to the pair, that his mother <laughs> has possibly met her demise. He's she was taken away by whoever, who cares, these kidnappers. Sand people. Yeah, basically. Sand sand people. And um yep. it was a month ago. These these people, by the way, seem to have gotten over her demise incredibly quickly. They're just like, yeah, we've um, accepted it. Accept it, Hayden Christensen. She gone. So they did say they they did look for weeks. They did. They there was an extensive um, there was an extensive search, and only four of them returned alive. Um, so obviously they were unwilling to to risk further lives. Oh boy, I'm about I'm I'm about <laughs> yeah. to get really really angry. <sighs> okay. Because um so Anakin of course agrees with you David. This is this is ridiculous. They need to <laughs> go out and search for her. Um Not so quite Anakin... in the same way as I do, but <laughs> No. So Anakin heads out to to find them. Um in the meantime, I think Obi-Wan is hanging around Geonosis you know, spying on Count Dooku and leaders of various commercial guilds who want to leave <laughs> the Republic. Oh, good. Building oh, good. Joint armies. And, unless, unless this film wasn't complicated and nonsensical enough. And, well, it's not been boring, to be fair. That's the one thing about this film. It wasn't boring because I was just writing furiously throughout it, probably. I'm like, I think it was because, as well, I remembered more scenes from The Phantom Menace than I did this film. There were, like, scenes that sort of stuck in my memory from this one. And this, I didn't realise how many pointless extra scenes there were. But yeah, if there's anything we needed in this film, amongst all the nonsense already, is, uh, uh, yeah, a, a table of corporations, essentially, negotiating a trade deal with Christopher Lee. <laughs> with Christopher <laughs> Lee, of all people. Like, yeah. what, what an introduction to the film for this legend by the way oh that's let's, <laughs> let's bring christopher lee into to this film and immediately make him have as is the theme of this series of prequels is we'll introduce all these great actors by having them talk about politics and do trade negotiations <laughs> excellent excellent point i also <laughs> noted at some point just before we got to this scene by the way how hayden christensen when thinking about his mother or something uh, on the way there. He does an angry, angry face, but it was exactly the same as his aroused face from earlier when he stared at Natalie Portman. So we discovered his range, at least. That's good to know. So um, we also learn that it was um, Trade Federation bumbling buffoon from the first film, Newt oh, Gunray, yes. That's all we needed. First, thirsty for blood, won't sign <laughs> this uh, trade agreement unless uh, they extract the um, Newt Gunray's vengeance on Padme. So it's like, doesn't even seem to be part of the Emperor's plot to, to try and assassinate her. I'm it's still trying to work an angry out. fish creature. I'm, I'm trying to... <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so this this angry tadpole wants uh, Natalie Portman dead. I'm still trying to work out what world leader in World War Two he's meant to represent. I I, <laughs> I I assume they all have roles here, but I can't quite work it. I guess this is technically yeah. before World War Two. If we're if this we're is kind of World that. War 
this is more like World War One, isn't it? This is yeah. Uh, so I, is it? I wonder I if this know. is yeah Weimar Republic. As we oh no, because the Weimar Republic came in the last film, didn't it? So oh, yeah. So I mean, it doesn't. I don't it's, know. It's, maybe, it's maybe the rebellion is World War Three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's all acts. Yeah. It's all accidental. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hayden stumbles across Jake Lloyd's mum. Yeah. Um, his own her. mom. She she dies in his arms. Conveniently, sadly. conveniently, she dies seconds after he arrives. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was the trauma of um, him cutting. I don't know. Who who knows? And if who, that who wasn't if that wasn't a big enough kick in the teeth to him, like no wonder. I mean, he was messed up already. But yeah. her last words to him are "I love," and then she she dies before she says "you." And that makes him really aroused. I mean, angry, because it's the same face. But still. Yeah. And then he goes on his giant murder spree. <laughs> his first pure act of evil. Um, if if Hayden mm. was a good actor, if Anakin had been well written to this point and been an empathetic character we actually like, this could have been a great scene. But instead... I don't really care because he's so dislikable anyway. So, you know, this this scene has no impact whatsoever when it really should do. It really should be pivotal. Um, and it just isn't. Yeah, and we it, don't care about him. It isn't because we've already established that this character is a brat and a pervert. And I think I've said the word pervert more than any other word so far in this review. <laughs> that is that is what I took away from this movie. What a creeper. What a horrible, disgusting sex predator this guy is. <laughs> so you say that was his per- first pure act of evil. Knowing his, his act of evil has been going on slowly, but not even like subtly throughout this movie. He's just been slowly descending upon Natalie Portman, like the biggest skin crawling pervert you've ever seen quite frankly so this is his second act of pure yeah. evil by the way uh so meanwhile a giant mosquito is spying on obi-wan kenobi <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have um um yoda sensing the terrible darkness in the force as the slaughter continues uh, be- and we can hear in amongst amongst his his like force vision. We hear um, our best friend Liam Neeson shouting, "Anakin, oh, Anakin, yeah. no, no!" During the scene, which um, was sad. Yeah, so Ewan McGregor is being <laughs> spied on by a giant mosquito. And on that note, we we are going to take a break and find out what that mosquito saw. Plus, <laughs> plus Aidan Christensen returns from his murdering or from the shops whatever you want to put it this is a review see you in a few this 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 is a review yep uh this is a review i am david stone he is ian stone we are here in our palatial <laughs> we are here in our palatial studios but yes, before we left you, we had 
We had resident pervert Hayden Christensen returning from the shops. The shops being his massive murdering spree of women, children, animals, and men. And uh, <laughs> and you and McGregor being perved on by a giant insect. Ian, what happens <laughs> next? <laughs> so I think um, we get another scene of Obi Wan being very annoyed by his irritating. Um, companion slash um, Padawan when he realises he's disobeyed him and gone to Tatooine for no reason. So he sends the message um, informing Anakin about what's been going on on this Geonosis planet with Count Dooku, Christopher Lee and and um, and all of the commerce guilds kind of conspiring together to uh, create a giant army. At um, this point... then pulled it on. At this point... Wait, wait, b- before we go on, at this point, I think... Obi-Wan has established himself as the least idiotic of all the Jedi, but he's slowly, he's the slow build idiot in this film, is Ewan McGregor. Because, like, <laughs> okay, the little brat, his Padawan, is does a few naughty things, disobeys his order a few times, but then he disobeys more order orders and then does more stupid things. And knowing uh, uh, Ewan McGregor continues to enable him and can't see beneath... And at the same time, can't see, but the Chancellor is incredibly evil and all the other evil things going on. So he's your he's sort of your low-key idiot in this film, I would say. So um, so once the message is relayed to um, the, the Jedi, uh, oh, and obviously, like, in the middle of delivering his message, coincidentally, Obi-Wan is attacked, so... And everyone can see it on the hologram video. So... Um, the Jedi Council now know about the army, so Mace Windu decides they need to lead a team to Geonosis, and um, I think Yoda goes to the, to the to the clone people to find this army. Um, Mace Windu gives Anakin explicit instructions not yes. to go anywhere. Yes, keep um, that in however, mind. At, at, in this occasion, I might give Anakin a pass in that his his. Um, Padme, who also has a death wish, is desperate to go and <laughs> Obi Wan. So who is also an idiot. Anakin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Padme kind of forces him to go with him, but it was kind of done in a sneaky way because Anakin wanted to go all along. Okay, I've so... just re- I've just remembered a bit we've forgotten just before this. So I, I was talking about how uh, Hadrian Christensen returned from his murder spree, obviously taking inspiration from his nemesis in the first film <laughs> during the pod races, Sebulba. And uh, he actually... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get angry again here, I think, because he tells... He tells Natalie Portman about this. He tells Natalie Portman that oh, he has murdered yes. men, women, and children. He's already murdered children. I thought the first time he killed children was in the next movie. Sorry to ruin that for everyone, but he loves killing kids, this guy. God, what a hero. And also, oh God, and he becomes the hero at the end of all of these films somehow. After It's just some things are unforgivable, you know, like blowing up entire, you like mass genocide and the murdering of children. Some things are just unforgivable. You can't redeem yourself from these things. Anyway, so he tells her he murders all these children, right? The alarm bell should have gone off long before, but now the alarm bell should be absolutely ringing. But she's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, wicked. He's, he's, he, so he's the massive villain now already. Like, you've got a whole film of establishing he's the bad guy in the next 
trilogy, right? But he's seriously a massive villain. There's no coming back from this now. Ian, this is about halfway through the film, right? This is the point where I paused the film and actually took a long break. I think the break was about three hours. <laughs> I had to break to take a breather from this film. And you know what? Actually, it made the rest of the film fly by. Um, I also forgot that um, um, between um, the journeys to Geonosis to rescue Obi-Wan um, and Obi-Wan getting captured by the droid the car, um, Jar Jar Binks in this period gives... Uh, Oh right, um, here we go. Emergency we go. power, total authoritarian control. Okay. And the Jedi <laughs> are not questioning why okay. Palpatine's advisors are so keen on this idea. Okay. Of giving right. him unlimited power. <laughs> yeah. So let's Right. I've only just got over one angry rant and straight away we're gonna go into another. Stay tuned, folks, we'll be back after this. Right, this is a review. I'm just going to go straight into the angry rant, Ian, okay? So. Right. Right. So, these idiots, these idiot Jedi, okay? These stupid, total, inept morons, right? So, Uh they, they tell the obviously evil Chancellor, Ian McDermott, they reveal that there's a clone army to him. I'm not sure if he's meant to already know or not, but either way, they tell him when he's quite obviously evil. So that's stupid. So they want to use the clones as an army. <laughs> right. So they <laughs> they want to use these clones as an army, but they need approval from a senator for some reason. I don't know why. The chancellor can't just like say, okay. So they need I guess pr- there needs to be a vote, right? They right. Need to okay. Have on it, so, and maybe they don't have enough. So, so they, on they side. need. So, so the chancellor, quite obviously sowing seeds, planting this, goes, "Hmm, who could be radical to approve such a thing?" Or, as I would put it, "Hmm, who would stupid be stupid enough to approve such a thing?" That's right, Natalie Portman's character. Excellent idea. Oh, but Natalie Portman isn't here. But she has put. Jar Jar Binks in charge. I tell you what, we could make this history... We could give this history-changing decision to her number two, who is the biggest established idiot, apparently, in the entire universe. Let's give this emergency decision to Jar Jar Binks. He's our man, of course. Jar Jar, at this moment, looks very concerned. He's like, oh no, Orion, as her internet internet conspiracy theorists believe he's looking evil and calculating in this moment so the, <laughs> so so the idiot <laughs> so yeah. the the idiot jedi like yeah okay chancellor i mean you're quite clearly doing this for your own evil gain but sure we'll go along with this jar jar binks announces to the world that he is giving emergency powers to the yeah, chancellor so to build this, use this clone army, (sighs) silver platter. So what I'm confused about is the mechanics of this bizarre democracy. So so they can't get the votes to authorise the creation and use of a clone army. The the senate won't approve that. But 
the um, whole Senate is perfectly happy for him to hand over emergency powers of granting, you know, the Chancellor full um, dictator, dictatorship style control. Mm. Why would they be cool with that and not cool with the clone army? I'm confused. By the way, it's... this section which we've just um, reviewed from the show was literally about 30 seconds to a minute of dialogue. I wrote a whole page of notes on it because it's just so, so stupid. This is... At, just before this, I got... Imagine, imagine, imagine here, when I texted you when I had to take a break from this film, imagine if I had watched this scene directly after the scene before. I would have absolutely lost it right then. I would have called off all of these reviews. I would, we would have not reviewed any more Star Wars because this just made me angry it insulted my intelligence so much we are meant to suspend our disbelief and believe that this is a plausible outcome in reality in fiction but then i thought back to myself look at the world at the moment reality is stranger than fiction fiction so <laughs> reality is stranger than this bizarre sci-fi so space democracy is more realistic than real democracy so I think after yeah, after the breather that I took, actually, you know what? Stupid things have happened throughout history. This is really, really, really stupid. So, do you know what? I give up. Why not? Why not? So, back on Geonosis, um, Christopher Lee and Ewan McGregor, two good actors, have um, an exchange, a bizarre it's a slightly bizarre exchange where Count Dooku is trying to persuade Obi-Wan to join him. Yeah. He informs him casually because for some reason, I don't know why Darth Sidious would be cool with him doing this, but he does it anyway. He tells him, <laughs> by the way, Sith Lord's in charge of the Republic. And Obi-Wan says, I don't believe you. And the Jedi do nothing. This is the slow build of idiocy for you and McGregor <laughs> I was telling you about. <laughs> Count Dooku lays all his plans on the table and he's like, I don't believe you. Sorry. Great. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Well, Christopher Lee. Also, <laughs> speaking of Christopher Lee, as I said, legendary actor to play this role. I love, it's, it's hilarious to me how literal this character is. He just explains <laughs> every, his every move. Literally. There's, there's no, there's no like mystery about it whatsoever. No. And, and we're going to see this later in the battle scene where I, I, I've got to tell you the lines that he says, but he literally just explains the plot of the film in every line he makes. Yeah. That's basically his role in this film. To because it's so nonsensical and confusing, they're like, right, let's pay a legendary actor millions of pounds, and he can explain the plot to the audience because they're obviously <laughs> they're obviously completely lost by this point. So who better to do it than Christopher Lee? Let's use his talent as a narrator. Okay, great. Also, it's convenient how he was, um, how Liam Neeson was his apprentice, don't you think? So it's like, oh, that rat, again, it's one of those things, like you said, with C-3PO. Yeah. Rats it all leaks... up in a neat package, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for, for no convenient. good reason. Yeah. So like, oh, there was, a, there was a funny line in this where, <laughs> again, the quite obviously evil Ian McDermott just like says in the most evil way possible and sarcastic way. It is, it, I, I accept this with great reluctance. 
Yeah. Like, and he also says, I love democracy. <laughs> I like, and and, and mean, meanwhile, Samuel L. Jackson and Yoda are just looking on, just like, yeah, this guy, he's cool. He's fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> these idiot Jedi and these idiot Jedi. Well, they don't, re- they, don't, they don't start trusting him until the next film when it's too late, basically. Of course. Um, so we have the um, daring rescue. It's actually probably the most, of like the actions in this film, the most boring, where like oh, Anakin kind of chops up some insects. He gets, he loses his lightsaber because he gets stuck in a machine. On the um, production line, yeah. <laughs> on the yeah, production, production line with, line with Hayden and Natalie. This will be fun, yeah. Nat- Fighting Nat- the Natalie giant mosquitoes. Had- <laughs> Natalie gets stuck into in some giant um, bowls which have molten, poor quality CGI molten um, metal or whatever poured yeah. into them. R two D two can fly now for some reason. Yeah, he can fly. And he rescues <laughs> Natalie Portman. Why not? Um, Why not? Eh? Why not? And they also they also get captured by uh, by Count Dooku. So you know. Yeah. We These then... idiots deserve each other. Let's face it. So so after this happens, we move on to what I describe as. Elaborate execution time, <laughs> where they're kind of breathing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, now, I think, <laughs> I think, um, I think Newt Gumray realizes he's being swindled a bit here because he's like, <laughs> he's he's very confused as to partly as to why they're doing this. Oh, we also get a doozy of a line from Natalie oh. Portman because it's just before they're about to be wheeled out into this yeah. giant arena filled with, um, you know, giant creatures who are going to elaborately murder um, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin yeah. Skywalker and yeah. Padme. And she suddenly decides, actually, I am in love with you. And yeah. she uses the most, con- the most, you know, Unrealistic, like, like for stilted dialogue, I think this actually tops the sand line in some this, ways. Yeah, where she says, I'm in love with you, I truly, <laughs> deeply love you. Like, who talks like this? Uh, and that's that's the thing. This is where I had to remind myself, you, Ian, and the listener that this is grooming complete, he has done it. <laughs> After all he those, was successful. After all of those no's he got, he just this perv, this this disgusting sex predator, this guy, he did it. He did it, Ian. And don't forget, actually, it's funny, actually, in a way. Like she spurned all of his advances for so long, and you know the point in time where she finally decides that she loves him is when they're about after, to die. Not just then, is after. He has murdered hundreds of children. <laughs> After he's killed the Sandpeel people. Yes. So massacred them. That's that's what if you <laughs> God, I was about to say if you want to know the way to that that's what he brought my heart. God. Do not no, 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 do not try this at home. Anyone. Yeah. We also get um one of my other lines I actually like from this film, where we get sassy Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor, where <laughs> he says, where they say, he says like, "What are you doing here?" And they said, "We came to rescue you." And he looks up at the chains and at the elaborate death torture yeah. that he's about to be subjected to, and he says, "Good job." <laughs> Do you know what? I, I so as I said, there's one good line in this movie, 
which we covered in part one, which was yeah. when a guy is trying to sell him drugs, basically, and he uses the force to tell him, you want to do something better with <clears> your <throat> life, etc., etc. Yeah. I almost put this as a good line, but it did feel rather, I don't know. Ugh, I just couldn't. It was, I, I think it's because it wasn't quite a line. It was just two words. But okay, yeah. I guess this was fine. Great. So we've had, <laughs> so far, <laughs> 10 seconds, <laughs> 10 seconds of decent action in this movie. And it's just you and McGregor <laughs> saying stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's also a funny-ish line from Newt Grunway when he realised that he might not actually get his wish of seeing Padme murdered because oh. they decide to try and kill them in this elaborate what a sadist. Uh, execution with what dinosaurs. What a sadist, by the way, this guy is. He, like before, <laughs> before, before they start to fight back, he is loving it. Like There's a point where they do a shot from behind <laughs> Christopher Lee's back where, where, where this, this tadpole man is literally turning with his fists up in glee like a child who's just been to a sweet shop. He's so happy. He's, getting, he's like... It's great. I'm watching this execution. Oh, that made me happy, actually. Good for him. Yeah, and they're about to be attacked by these monsters, but they Natalie Portman manages to, you know, um get her hair pin out and like release herself from her chains and then climb up the pillar um to escape this I don't know what it was, like a tiger lizard thing with giant yeah, fangs. Yeah, yeah, a thing. Um <clears throat> Anakin's like what about Padme when they like decide they're going to, you know, obviously survive this by using the horse or whatever? And Obi Wan like, sarcastically says, <laughs> "She's what? literally on top of things." Yeah, I like the bit where uh, Hayden Christensen has tamed the 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 mon- Conveniently, by the way, like each each one of them gets their own monster to fight. How convenient. Natalie Portman, he's he's tamed the rhinoceros, whatever, rhinoceros Pokemon thing <laughs> that he's fighting. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he goes to get her off the pillow and she jumps down and she just gives him this little peck on the cheek. And I was like, I think more than anything, that disgusted me more than anything else think... in the movie. There What's... was something about it. It was like, my God, you this this predator has done it. Like, oh what, my god! And what's weird about it is like it's almost as though like George Lucas didn't really want to write their courting, but he wanted them to be together. So he just kind of like, just you know, half-assedly wrote the love, the love like scenes in the most cliched, horrible way possible. And then once they're in love, he's like, yeah, they're just in love now. So that's 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 the thing. That's a thing now. Um, so the. the, the the line I was going to mention actually was when um, <clears throat> Natalie Portman kicks the um, the saber tooth Pokemon thing, and Newt Gunray says she can't do that. Uh, shoot her or, or or something. And and to, to to because like Newt Gunray is so thirsty for blood, Christopher Lee has to calm him down and say, D- "Don't worry, she she will die. Don't worry." <laughs> little <laughs> do they, bizarre. little do they know. We're going to take a break. Stay tuned. Okay, so Ian, you want me to... Okay, do you know what? I actually think we can finish this 
this review in this show. Congratulations, we've yeah. done it. Well done. Awesome. Well done. We've got awesome. through it. Welcome back, everyone. This is a review. <laughs> Just did a bit of admin there because, my God, these Star Wars films. That's what we're reviewing, by the way. Star Wars Attack of the Clones. We're only two films into this journey and what Ian has set for us, which I don't know why I agree to it because it's <laughs> going to be... <clears throat> we are going to be very old men by the time we're done with all of these shows, I can tell you. But hopefully, Universe, you are... You're having your best time and you're living your best life. <laughs> but anyway, so, so here come the droid, the cars, because the dinosaurs can't get the job done, Ian. And here comes Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, this is another line that I thought I quite liked. It's a bit off the cuff and it's a bit like, you know, obvious because it's um, Samuel L. Jackson. But I did quite like when he said this part is over. I act, yeah, do you know what? Okay, I'll give you that one as well. I quite it was quite cliched, yeah. but I quite liked it. Just in the context, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think just because it was Samuel L. Jackson. But Ian, um, see, I'm one I'm worrying here. Like, is it because we quite like Ewan McGregor and Samuel L. Jackson, but we're giving them a pass in this film? <laughs> I mean I mean I, mean, I maybe. I, I, I haven't given you haven't given um, Samuel L. Jackson a pass for much of this because I mean, but, I mean <laughs> in Samuel L. Jackson's case, his character's like given so little. To, his character's like you always almost like it's a continual disappointment because you expect yeah. him to be this badass and he's just so boring. So what when do... he actually does something a bit badass, I'm happy to see it. At yeah. last, this is Samuel L. Jackson I wanted to see from start. It, I uh, mean, Star Wars. That, that, and to be fair, we've been continuously calling them idiots throughout this entire review. Yeah. So, so okay, fair enough. They're going to have some, but I, I'll be honest, Ian, <clears throat> thinking about it, we, we've complimented more in this film than we have in The Phantom Menace. We only complimented two, thi two things, I think, in that, and that was Darth Maul. Okay, maybe three things. Darth Maul, the lightsaber battle at the end, and... Liam Neeson's hair. So I don't know if we can count Liam Neeson's hair as one of the things. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I think those things put together add up to so much more than all of the tiny, you know, very inconsequential things I vaguely think are okay about this film. This is what's so weird, and also, And also the love scenes like Ugh. bring the rating down so low. They like drag this film down so much just on their own. So yeah, so the Jedi, the Jedi arrive at some point you know, during the melee. Um, Padme conveniently gets her torso um, thing ripped off for the sole purpose, it seems, just to expose her midriff, which um, is a bit odd. Then, then we have you know lots of Jedi chopping up droids and creatures. All of them idiots. <laughs> C-3PO acting as comic relief because he got his head attached to a battle droid. <laughs> oh yeah, we missed that part. Yeah. Um, at one point, um, one of the uh, Jedi Knights, I think his name is Kit Fisto, isn't yes, it? Yes, I know what you're going to say. Long green... I know he, what you're going to say. He force pushes like the C-3PO battle droid with C-3PO's head and then smiles as if he recognises him. How would he recognise C-3PO? <laughs> I don't know if it's that. I think he was just very pleased with himself. He's like, hey, look what I did. That was great. Not, you, you, you didn't <laughs> I didn't destroy that one. <laughs> you, you didn't actually say what I thought you were going to say, which is there's one Jedi, I don't know which one it is, who, who 
is possibly an idiot or is possibly a really bad Jedi, and I don't know how he lived that long. But he, jump, <laughs> yeah. he jumps onto the he jumps, <laughs> yeah. he jumps yeah. onto the balcony where Christopher Lee and Django Fett is, and just immediately gets shot and killed. He's dead. What yeah. a crap Jedi! Well, especially considering five seconds later, Jango Fett dies in the most pathetic way possible, where he what are you down talking to attack about? the Jedi okay, and Mace Windu. He gets attacked by... Um, he, he doesn't look where he is, and he gets attacked by the annoying rhino monster thing, and his jetpack dies. So he kills the, mon- the rhino monster thing, but then immediately turns around and sees Mace Windu's charging towards him, fires some pathetic bolts which Mace Windu... Away with his lightsaber with complete ease, and then Mace Windu just chops off his head. And, and then, then Christopher Lee has a slight, like, slightly like grossed out look on his face. And then <laughs> maybe laugh a little bit. And then Samuel L. Jackson, because he's so proud of that kill, does a little, little weird pose afterwards. Like you get a few seconds pause. Like <laughs> yeah. someone should have really just a flown in right flown in at that moment and just done something because he left himself open there just to look cool for that minuscule second so the jedi cavalry are as useless as the um original free dopes who got themselves in this situation in the first place i mean they've sent all of their best jedi out to rescue these this one dope and then (laughs) accidentally rescue these two other dopes who can't follow basic instruction um (laughs) and they get outnumbered they're about to die, so Cavalry 2 comes, which is Master Yoda and the clone troopers he's collected, I guess, from um, the other planet, which name I keep forgetting. The the, the water planet. Waterworld. We'll call it Waterworld. Waterworld. I think its actual name is... Waterworld. Um, yeah, Waterworld. Sure, <laughs> why not? So then there's a fairly boring battle where they're just like, you know, chasing ships in other ships and shooting things. Um, they start chasing uh, Christopher Lee's um, speeder jet thing. Um, mm. <clears throat> so Anakin and, and Obi-Wan are like, oh, we have to follow them to try and capture Count Dooku. <clears throat> so there's a point where um, they get like nicked. By, I can't remember what happens. They get like hit on the wing or something. Um, and Padme fairly gently falls out of the, um, <laughs> of the ship. But Anakin is traumatized by this and and is like desperate for him to pick her up. But and I thought he hated at Sand. Last, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's the one time he actually obeys and listens to what Obi Wan says. <laughs> and oh. Stays on the ship. At this um, point, Ewan McGregor is the biggest hero to Natalie Portman in this film. For a few few minutes at least, he rescues her from this creep he saves her he momentarily gets rid of this creep for her by convincing him to fight with him yeah there's also a so there's also a, a strange pointless reference to the death star in between all of this oh yes yeah, so yes yeah, so i said this is the first um time we see um you know the signs of palpatine's um big um kind of landmark infrastructure project which takes him a long time to get underway it turns out yeah you need to get the planning permission don't you (laughs) well exactly yeah um right ian with that said we're about to enter into the final epic battle of this film and so what we will do is we will take one more break and we will ask the listener to return because christopher lee is about to get real here we go this 
Okay, so you are back to the final part of this is a review and our review of Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. These titles are so uh-huh. long. I am David Stone. They are, Ian. aren't they? And that voice there <laughs> is Ian Stone. And yes, Hi. this epic review of the second movie in the prequel trilogy is coming to a close. We've somehow done it. We've made it this far. We're about to get to the final battle scene. Ian, the floor is yours. Um, yeah, so they chase uh, they chase Count Dooku into uh, this hangar bay, I guess where Count Dooku's like, um, intergalactic spaceship is stored. Um, and we then begin our epic lightsaber duel. That's... Mm, yeah. This is the point where you realise in the prequels that like the lightsaber duels are all kind of flash and no real substance. There's no like... There's no I don't know drama to them. I don't know, um, Ian. We got to play a fun game of spot the stunt double when Christopher Lee was fighting, where I got several yeah. flashes of a much younger man in there wearing a fake beard. That was quite yeah. fun. Yeah. He had so, a great line um, as well where he goes, brave of you, boy. Yeah, that was the final good line of the film, I think. I don't think that's um, a good line. It's just an amusing line. Yeah, maybe that's right. I mean, it's yeah. And Christopher Lee's a good actor, isn't he? So, I mean... He's got, to, he's got to say something amusing at some point in this film. I mean, I don't think um, even he could rescue this script, but... Yeah. So, um, Anakin is an idiot and runs in head first and gets force lightninged. Um, he then quickly dispatches of um, Obi-Wan by, like, I don't know, grazing his leg and arm. And then we get the Brave of You Boy line. Um, at some point, for some reason, Obi-Wan just randomly throws... Um, um, Anakin, um, a second lightsaber, just so he can like show off and no, carry Ian, out flashy no, stunts. No, it's not that. It's so we get the flashy light show. Or, or was that yeah. afterwards actually? But we get a cool. No, the it's flashy, not even. He 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 loses he has it. Has the second he? lightsaber for all of like five seconds. It was yeah. a complete waste of time. It was, wasn't it? And then it? we have the flashy light show. Yeah, it's um, a dis- dizzying techno light show between Chris and Hayden here, where they're literally just waving their wands around, and it flashes from one face to the other face, and they've both got the disco lights on them. Yeah, and then Count Dooku's superior sword swordsman ability chops off um, Anakin's arm and the end of them ian i'm i'm gonna rest. i'm gonna i'm gonna say something positive <laughs> Ooh, Short okay. horror. it's it's not really about the film it's about the way that christopher lee carries himself like somehow dressed as this evil <laughs> the lightsaber wielding count with a cape on super villain yeah but i guess that's yeah. kind of the role he's always played in his career but he manages to do yeah. it somehow with such class when he first gets his lightsaber out the way he holds it just like oozed charisma like just the way yeah. he held, like oozed class i was in absolute awe what a waste of a talent on this film i i it's a bit like in the last film i quite like count dooku and i kind of wish he stuck around for longer because christopher lee's great and hmm. you're right, he does have a... I think it is Christopher Lee's aura he has about him, and he knows how to play these kind of characters. Um, so we then get... Um, we have Yoda's appearance, and the Yoda versus Count Dooku lightsaber duel. So, yes, yeah, so Yoda... So, so I think they have a 
demonstration of for of their force powers at the start. Who cares? Um, and then oh, they have a lightsaber right. battle <laughs> where so, Yoda. So Ian, I'm so sorry to interrupt again, but you know how I was talking about how every line Christopher Lee utters in this film has to be literal and has to narrate the story <laughs> of the film. This is where he goes. Yeah. I see, I see that this battle cannot be won by our knowledge of the force, but by our skills with a lightsaber. Like, great. We didn't really need to be told that, but still, this is exactly what you did earlier. You just narrated what's going to happen in the film. I just found that so funny for some reason. So this is where we discover that, oh, actually, Yoda does carry lightsabers. So he's not just a force like controlling super wizard he does use lightsabers too and he proceeds to jump around a lot and make slightly annoying noises uh whilst battling christopher lee uh christopher lee then cleverly tries to crush hayden christensen and um and and um ewan mcgregor um and Count Dooku sneakily runs away whilst Yoda tries to um, attempts to uh, rescue them. Which it left does. me it left me wanting um, more. Let's more from that. Not more from this film. God, yeah. I was just waiting for it to be over. After this happened, um, I guess everyone goes back home. <laughs> yeah, that that, that um, what an anticlimax, by the way. Just okay, that's that. Now, more importantly, <clears throat> and somewhere in these closing scenes, I heard the Game of Thrones theme tune. Yeah, I heard that a bit as well. But this, this is many years before Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, so there's if you if you're listening, there's a lawsuit on its way. Yeah. Um and we also finish on the secret wedding between Anakin and his new robot arm, um, King and, and Padme. King and Queen Idiot have finally married. And CPPO and Archie Duto are once again present for all of this. Um which which means the fact that None of this is recalled by anyone, despite the fact C-3PO and R2-D2 are present for all of these crazy events in the later yep. films. Makes no sense. And that, rather anticlimactically, is the end of the, <laughs> of the, movie, <laughs> of the film. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Shall we get on to our official Tiger King ratings? Yes, let's go into the final ratings. But before we, before I do get into my Tiger King ratings, I have breaking Tiger King news. <gasps> this is from the BBC. From the Tiger oh. King, Joe Exotic's former zoo handed to rival Carol Baskin. A I zoo saw this. Zoo, <laughs> formerly owned by the star of Netflix documentary Tiger King, is to be handed over to the woman he was convicted of trying to have killed. Jeff Lowe, Joe Exotic's former business partner, has been told to vacate the premises in Wynwood, Oklahoma, and remove all of his exotic animals. Wow! Talk about a better narrative than what we just reviewed, <laughs> right? Real what, life. There's so much. There's so much. In, there's. I knew. You just knew watching Tiger King that this story was not over. There's so many questions that I want answered now. Like how how, how did she manage to? to wrangle that what what is jeff lowe gonna do like what's what's he thinking right now is is carol baskin's life more in danger and better than all of that joe exotic in jail hearing this news must be absolutely steaming he must be ready to ex 
explode at this news. This is only going to get better and better and better. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's an insane story that um, has more twists and turns than uh, the Star Wars prequels, that's for sure. Let's um, rate it. Let's rate it. Let's go. So on, if you're if you don't remember, the uh, five point Tiger King scale is uh, one star is Jeff Lowe and Joe Exotic. Two is uh, Don Lewis's personal attorney reviewing fraudulent power of attorney documents or suspicious power of attorney documents, I should say, not fraudulent necessarily. Um, three stars is John Ranker's cool legs. Four stars is um, uh, Joe Exotic's ex-husband's shiny new pearly white teeth from the final episode. And five stars, James Garretson riding a jet ski. <laughs> Uh, those this film lights. is getting this film is getting nowhere near that level of amazement. <laughs> um, those love scenes, but the fact that I could not watch the film in one sitting without dying of cringe means this gets one star. This is as bad as Jeff Lowe and Joe Exotic. I'm hesitant to give it less than that, just because to be truly terrible to be truly worse than joe exotic and jeff lowe it would have to be something spectacularly awful to get that bad but on reflection i did have to stop halfway through in this movie to simply have the will to carry on (laughs) 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 and so if that doesn't speak volumes i don't know what so Here's what I've decided to do, Ian. I think I am going to have to have a special little rating for films that get as bad as this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a little, a little subsidy of your rating system for myself. So I'm going to officially name this the Anakin Skywalker <laughs> bin of 100% steaming rotten garbage. This film goes in there and Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, also goes in there. Now, this is going to be a very hard rating to hit in. I'm going to say that now. This this is reserved only for special, really bad pieces of garbage. We may never see anything... <laughs> put into it again but actually saying that i now realize we've got another one of these prequels to go so it's possible we'll see it used again at least in the next so, show so episode three is widely considered to be the best prequel Hallelujah. pretty much unanimously by the internet i mean that's not a high bar <laughs> so let's hope episode three can do it on that note ian yeah. Steam and pile of garbage out of the way. Let's look forward to the next horrible, horrible Star Wars film. <laughs> ah, Ian, say goodnight to the people. Uh, Good night, everybody. Hope you enjoyed Attack of the Clones as much as we did, which is not at all. Just don't watch it. Remember that, folks. That Save yourself the trouble. That <laughs> and the pain. <laughs> that was... And the uncomfortableness. And the awkwardness. All of those emotions. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a review of a sex pervert. Good night, all. <laughs> <laughs>